Good morning, Big Ten fans. Welcome back to another edition of the Big Ten Morning Minutes. I'm your host, Michael Chen. Give me a follow on Twitter at Mike F. Chen. Give the show page a follow on Twitter as well at Big Ten MM. It is Monday, February 3rd, 2020, the day after Super Bowl. And what a Super Bowl it was. We'll start off with that. Patrick Mahomes once again. It was a 10-point deficit this time, one of the smaller deficits that the Chiefs had to come back from. But Mahomes and his offense yesterday was absolutely fantastic. They did it again, winning 31-20. to And I'll tell you what, Patrick Mahomes coming out of Texas Tech, I wasn't super high on him. I very much thought that when you look at the history of Texas Tech quarterbacks, that, you know, it was just super gimmicky their offense was just the air raid they really was more of a system type of deal you know you're, you're looking at uh, Cliff Kingsbury Sonny Combi uh, multiple names where you know their NFL futures weren't very bright but there's just something different about Patrick Mahomes and he's just he's just an amazing football player I, I'm at a loss for words because uh, I'll tell you what, he does things that don't look like you are able to do on the football field, and it's just absolutely amazing. All right, let's get into it. Uh, pretty quiet weekend on the Big Ten front. However, what I thought the biggest news was, was the Big Ten athletic directors are supporting a one-time transfer exception. So pretty much what it is is they're you know, giving the collegiate athletes an opportunity to not have to sit out a year after they transfer. Now, there's multiple coaches that have mentioned this. Uh, Jim Harbaugh was one. He mentioned it during the Big Ten Media Days this past season. And I, for one, I'm okay with it. The biggest deal right now is the transfer portal. And the NCAA is just very odd with the way that they decide who is eligible immediately and who is not there needs to be more set standards and I've been complaining about this since the beginning of the portal it's a case-by-case explanation and basis and I hate it I think there just needs to be this is what it is if you qualify under these guidelines then you're eligible for a transfer immediately or you have to sit out a year So, with them having different rulings, different cases, I just think it's just so arbitrary and doesn't make much sense to me. So, what the Big Ten is proposing is, would be a one-time exception, where you'd be able to make your transfer, whether it be a grad transfer, whether it be a regular transfer after trying to stay with the school for a few years, or maybe even going the first year and realizing, you know what, I'm homesick and I don't like this. I'd like to go closer to home and be closer to my family. You know, it's something that's perfectly fine with me because there are only five D1 sports that don't allow immediate eligibility transfers, and that's football, men's and women's basketball, baseball, and men's ice hockey. All the other Division I sports allow you to transfer one time without having to sit out. So I'm not opposed to it. I think it's a pretty interesting idea. I'd like to see a little bit more on paper as to you know, exactly what we're looking for. 
and I think that the Big Ten is ahead of themselves. Kevin Warren, this is kind of like the, the first big thing that the Big Ten has done since Kevin Warren has taken over in, uh, in January. And I like it. I like where this is going. I, I do. I think this is smart. I think this is something that benefits the student-athlete. And I think ultimately you might be able to see this. All right, moving on to some news of notes off of the field yesterday. Well, this whole weekend, Maryland had one. Uh, they picked up three commitments over the weekend at 20 Juco tackle Almosi Titi, 6'3", 310 pounds. The community college, I'm sorry, the Juco defensive tackle uh, had offers from Arizona and USF. Not a great offer list, but I'll tell you what, the body you cannot teach, so a solid grab for Mike Loxley. And then adding on to his 21 class in Antoine Littleton, a uh, foot, 265-pound running back. Let me repeat that, a running back at 265 pounds. Holy crap, that is a huge man. Uh, Littleton, when you look at his you know, pictures and highlight tapes, he just... It looks weird because he's so big, but he moves pretty well. Uh, he had offers from South Carolina, Kansas, Syracuse, and Louisville. So this is not a reach for Maryland. Uh, clearly, you're looking at Littleton losing some weight to be a little bit more effective. But, hey, if he's going to be a bowling ball and he's going to be you know, just getting those tough yards, you know, third and threes, third and twos, fourth and ones, goal line, etc. yeah, I'm good with it. I think it's not the worst idea. Also added 21 defensive end, Zion Angelo Shockley at 6'4", 230 pounds, a solid frame. Arizona State, Nebraska, Tennessee, Louisville, Old Miss had offered Shockley up to date. Maryland's really making a move in their 2021 class. I like what they're doing, especially coming up on the heels of the final signing day on Wednesday. Adding to that class with TT and then adding on to the 21 with Littleton and Shockley. Well done. Ohio State also added on to their 21 class, although it's not as many prospects as Maryland did. It was just one. Ohio defensive tackle Mike Hall. Hall at 6'3", 290 pounds. That offers from Arizona State, Florida State, Kentucky, Maryland, Michigan State, Minnesota. Solid offer list for Hall. You like what's going on with the Buckeyes there. I like Ryan Day's philosophy. I think he goes for the Ohio State type of players that are in state then goes nationally to find out everything else uh, I like that the way that he has done that uh, clearly early on you question whether or not the recruiting would be as you know high level as it was during the Urban Meyer regime well I don't think that's quite an issue anymore looks like Ryan Day really has the ball rolling a solid pickup in Hall and you know a great start to the 2021 class they Ohio State currently leads the country in the 21 class according to the 247 Sports Composite. So, And the 247 Sports Composite, to me, is the best. That's the gold standard of recruiting rankings because they take everybody's ranking, they put a composite score on it, and so there is no, oh, th this prospect's better than that, that's prospect's better than that, blah, blah, blah. It's all in one spot. I love it. Can't get enough of it. I think it's absolutely perfect. All right, moving on to the hardwood. There were no games on Friday night. And like I said, the slate on Saturday wasn't terrible. And we'll start off with the 
biggest upset of the weekend. And that's going to go to Wisconsin beating Michigan State at the Kohl Center. The Badgers it got off to a huge hot start at the beginning of the game. Just couldn't stop themselves. 43-27 lead. And then Michigan State came roaring back. And Wisconsin had to hold them off. Cassius Winston was great with 23-4. and four. Nate Reavers had 15 points and three boards. But I'll tell you what. Wisconsin was pretty solid in order to you know, keep them back. Keep them back. Keep them back. And it was a, it was a solid showing for the majority of their starters. Uh, only Tyler Wall... Uh, only one, not in double figures, but it was the defense that held them into this game. Uh, big win for Greg Gard and his staff, and a solid, you know, because they were kind of middling. And like I said, this Big Ten basketball season this year has been absolutely wild. Another upset as Rutgers went into Ann Arbor and lost to the Wolverines, 69 to 63. It was close game clearly, and it was. You know, a game where either could have went either way, but sometimes in these close ones, you give it to the home team. That's what happened with the Wisconsin-Michigan State game. That's what happened here in this one as well. As it was a it was a hard-fought game for both sides. Uh, Brandon Johns Jr. scored a team high for Michigan, twenty game high actually, and added in seven boards, uh, two assists, two steals. Xavier Simpson, in his return from suspension, added 9 points and 10 assists. Six turnovers, though. That, to me, a little bit concerning. Jordan Howard really didn't go to his bench as the starters played the majority of the game. Uh, interesting to see there that they're not using really much depth on the front line at all. They're just running with their starters. That could pose a problem later on in the season. Whereas you look at Rutgers, Rutgers had... Solid games, uh, led by Montez Mathis, 17 points. Uh, Ron Harper Jr., he was absolutely phenomenal previously. Not so good against Michigan Saturday night. Only three points on one of ten shooting. Did not get to the free throw line. Rutgers as a whole only got to the line five times. That's not a good job of getting to the rim, getting fouls, etc. Yeah, Ron Harper Jr., you'd have to expect that he's going to have a better game come around the next one. Penn State went into Nebraska, is going to keep their ranking this week as they went in and beat them 76-64. to Mike Watkins led the Nittany Lions with a double-double, 11 points and 17 rebounds. Ohio State starting to play a little bit better. They won at home against Indiana, 68-59. to Caleb Wesson had a double-double, 15 points, 11 rebounds. Rob Finnessy had 11 points and two boards for the losing Hoosiers. And then Purdue went in to Evanston and beat Northwestern on a late three from Sasha Stefanovic, uh, 61-58. Yeah, tough one there for Purdue because Northwestern, ugh, they're, they're probably the worst team in the conference. I think they're one of the very few teams in the conference that has zero chance of playing any postseason basketball and then the one game yesterday on Super Bowl Sunday pitted the Iowa Hawkeyes against the fighting Illini a top 25 matchup and this one lived up to the billing however Luca Garza just 
too much for the Fighting Illini. Snaps their seven-game winning streak. Garza had 25 points, 10 boards. He was absolutely phenomenal. Surprisingly, Andres Felice led the Fighting Illini with seven points. And when you look at it, Georges Behanesvili and Kofi Coburn did not have their usual very good games. Ayo Desumu did not play very well either. In a game where they needed points, Desumu only shot the ball eight times. I think this is a mistake on DeSumo's part. He was probably looking to pass a little bit more. He only had three assists and one turnover, but you have to wonder what was going on. Only got to the free throw line one time. He's their leader. He needs to get that scoring going for the Fighting Illini. Well under his average, I believe he's right about 17 prior to this game. Only 11, and it's unfortunate because... It, well, it, it dropped a little bit, 15-8, but he was right around 17 to, to start the game. and It's uh, it's a tough one for Illinois because I think they had a, an opportunity to get a stranglehold on the conference, and now they're still tied with Michigan State to get that half-game lead. And that's going to do it for me this morning on your Big Ten Morning Minutes. I appreciate the listen. Give me a follow on Twitter at Mike F. Chen. Go ahead and follow the website as well or the Twitter site at Big Ten Morning Minutes. I appreciate the listen. Once again, like us, share us, and review us on all of your listening platforms. Have a great Monday, Big Ten fans. Talk to you tomorrow morning.